Welcome to Underqualified Thoughts, where two brothers-in-law have conversations stemming from their daily lives. Expect authentic, relationship-building discussions that time-capsule the early years of these podcasters' families, careers, and pastimes. All right, so welcome back to Underqualified Thoughts. Um, this is Season 2, and we're excited to have you all join us today. Um, today we are going to be... Yeah, Andy and I. Woo. Uh, today we are going to be talking about Andy's new job as a... I think I wrote it down as Associate Product Manager. Is that right, Andy? That is correct. Um, over there at Wells Fargo. And uh, we're also going to be talking about it in uh, conjunction with his role as a new husband, sorry, as a husband and a new Got father. <laughs> um, but before we jump into that, let's just go ahead and acknowledge the fact that we've been struggling with, um, how long have we been on today? Like 20 minutes so far? No, 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 on no struggling. No struggling. Actually, I think we've been on for 40 minutes. Um, oh. But we're not struggling. And the reason we're not struggling is because listen to this audio quality. Look at this smooth crispy, crispy echo free no coins being flipped audio that's because caleb and i despite his request did not take any donations we took our christmas gifts and we threw a hundred dollars down the hatch uh each on these nice blue yeti logitech microphones and the only struggle he's referring to is the fact that this is the first time in Underqualified Thoughts history that we're recording from different locations. And so... Andy, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Um, oh, I see now. Keep going. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is a great time. I don't know what's happening, but this we're going to keep rolling with the punches. And we'll circle back to whatever <laughs> so you just experienced. So... Uh, you know what? I've lost my train of thought. What What did you embarrass yourself with? What have you Okay, done? so... Everyone, we're, we're going to keep this as a one take. We're not going to redo this. Love it. Um, essentially, we're, we're using a pro... If you can't tell, we're on Zoom right now. And and we're, we're using new technology. We're using Zoom. We're trying to hear each other and make sure we get good audio. Well, I just want to point mess. out that, that Zoom is not a new technology. We're just using it for no. the first time to record a podcast. Yeah, and it's not, it's not, the, it's, it's not the ideal, but it is what it is. Um, and obviously, Sullivan's have been busy. Um, it's, it's the new year anyway. Um, wait, let me recording. guess. You were looking at the audio file and you saw that there was no spikes when I was talking and you freaked out. Was that it? That's right. Because I just looked up, I have <laughs> the audio file idiot. playing too. And I looked at it and I'm doing it also, also, I'm doing exactly what you told me not to do. I'm leaning into the microphone right now to look closer at my computer screen and then backing away. But that's funny. I, while you were talking, I was looking at the audio spikes and saw that mine was you, you flat. You saw it. Yep. <laughs> this is cold. Anyway, it's it's certainly a change, and uh, I, you, you'll be able to tell the audio is going to be better. We are trying to make this a little bit more formatted, but give us just one or two or maybe three more t- t- tries you know, to work on this. <laughs> hey, Caleb, uh, I want to bring up a concern. When you're talking, I see a flat line. Should I be worried? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man Uh, that's so bad (laughs) that's funny yeah uh as caleb said at some point we were or we are working in zoom uh because we're just doing this separately for this time we'll probably do it a few times it's not going to be our new normal or we hope it's not going to be the new normal because this is less engaging for the two of us and less enjoyable when we're just dealing with all these technology setups and just not even shooting the breeze beforehand just jumping right in 
Although there's going to be a lot more distractions now as well, because, you know, what I have on my screen in front of me is obviously not obviously, but I have a dual monitor set up at home. So I'm looking at your face plastered all on one screen, uh, full screen on the Zoom. Then I have this Google Doc that you created referencing, you know, the more format, the more formatted we are seeking to be this season. And then I have that split screen with the audio that I'm watching. And now I'm watching not just the spikes on the whatever the timer that's going across, you know, the, the timeline. I'm also watching the, the green bar that keeps going up and down. And when you get too loud, mm-hmm. it goes yellow and red. So now that's I'm right. going to be watching that, looking to control my voice and not just be like, ah, cause see like right there, I just went into the <laughs> orange. That's so funny. There's just so much here to learn. And, you know, contrary to all the haters that talk about how, you know, you need to invest in all this equipment. You still have to get the two of y'all together in the same room and make it work. I mean, woof. I just want to point out that we are not popular enough to have haters yet. So just a no, just an ego check there. No, not not all the people, but there's definitely this stereotypical buy the equipment and it'll happen. And there's still a lot oh, yeah. of learning curves with it. Um, By the way, just time to go ahead and um, oh, go ahead. What? Getting distracted once more. I'm looking in Audacity. It says I have disk space remaining for recording 331 hours and 38 minutes. So are we trying to set a new record with this podcast, or are we going to hmm. try to keep it under an hour? This is this is this is fine. We're on task. Well, especially because um, do... the speaking of not a new technology of Zoom, uh, we have a 40 minute limit because neither of us have a real subscription to Zoom. So we, <laughs> we got to go. That's right. All right, so as we'll we you know chatted about a second ago, we're going to be talking about Andy's experience uh, within his new role within the past two weeks, and also uh, most importantly, how that is kind of I don't know. There's just been probably a lot of change as a husband and new father, just like a lot of stuff going on there. So let's um, let's go ahead and dive into some questions to learn about the role. Uh, I know earlier last season we talked about it, but now you've been there for two weeks, Andy. Um, what have you done in the past two weeks um, in your new job? Not a lot, which this is very peel behind the curtain. You use chat GPT to come up with like 10 questions to ask me about my new job. I looked at the Google doc and I just went, I can't answer any of these questions or <laughs> I could probably answer one or two of these questions. Um, so what I've done the past two weeks, I started on Wednesday the 4th. So it's not a full two weeks, like a week and a half, you know, what, eight business days? The majority of my time has been onboarding related tasks. Like my first day there, uh, I just had to go through all of the corporate company trainings. I spent an entire day doing that, like doing those like online learnings or whatever they would be referred to. And then I've done lots of troubleshooting with making sure that I have access to the softwares that we're going to use, whether it's like Wells Fargo specific software or, you know, teams and outlook and things like that, that we just need to make sure are working on my computer, which that has been different softwares, different programs have been giving us and me headaches because I don't have full access to them, which that's what was tough. I couldn't join uh, a team, a team's call until like my second week there. Uh, So that was kind of just like feeling like I'm alone, not a part of the team or not alone, but disconnected to the team. And what I, it wasn't until Thursday of this past week. So the, I guess my sixth day on the job 
where I actually got to tangibly see a function that of my job that I'm going to be doing, um, where the person who had my role before me was doing a request and they just did, they called me and did a screen share and was like, Hey, this is how you walk through and do it. You can, you know, mock it up on your end. Uh, so you can walk through and see it as I'm doing it. So to summarize, the majority I've been doing is onboarding, you know, just kind, kind of sitting in on meetings, hearing words that don't make sense to me, understanding that they will eventually make sense to me. I just have to get immersed to them or immersed in the language, like, you know, the jargon and all that. Um, and then just slowly being patient, waiting to find out how I'm going to fit in on the team and what my day to day is going to look like. You know, I think all of that is on the nose in terms of you're in the role. Um, you, you checked all the boxes and you're there. Um, but in a sense, you're kind of still uh, underqualified in a way. Um, Absolutely. Like within the, I think that's maybe, I don't know, the, the whole job process is a little bit overrated because once you get to it, you realize, oh, there's just so much more that I'm going to have to learn. Um, there's just this massive learning curve in the past, um, since you've worked in like corporate world, um, and, and I haven't obviously what, um, how, how long is the learning curve in the past and how long do you think it'll take? So it's been incredibly different in each role that I've had the, I had an internship right after college, which wasn't in the corporate world. It was at like a small local company. So that was very different that kind of was just like you have a like i was working in their marketing department and there was one to two other people so i basically was just taking on the task that you know not like the i mean I, it's more or less grunt work i was just doing the task parts of their job that they aren't able to give their full attention and focus to and so that was kind of like uh you know like you're in school where you have a teacher who's done it before and is showing you how to do it my first corporate job i came in training to be a financial advisor in a, a group of 16 other kids who were just out of college. So that was very easy. Like there was a steep learning curve for a lot of areas of the job, but there was the community of a lot of people trying to learn how to do it at the same time. My second job at UBS was very different. I Because I already knew the UBS systems and software. So they're really... The only training I had to learn was how, like the ins and outs and the nuances of how they interact with their client. Uh, I didn't have to learn anything as far as like how to operate inside our system or like, you know, how to have phone calls, how to manage expectations, things like that. This one, on the other hand, is going to be, I, it's going to be a steep learning curve because I realized quickly, I understand the industry like not as a whole like i don't have it mastered but i've been in it for four years right like the the words that i'm not understanding aren't the relationship that my team has with the advisors and the client associates like i get that i understand that we're the back office they're coming to us with requests what i don't understand is how we meet their requests how we meet their needs what we can do what we can't do and all of the jargon uh, that the team uses to talk and what's going to be difficult is I'm more or less onboarding and working remotely, which I did not anticipate because this is a hybrid role. I'm going to be in the office three days a week. But as far as I can tell, 
I'm not going to be working directly with anyone in Charlotte. All of the team members who I'm going to be working oh, wow. directly with are in either St. Louis or Minneapolis. So that yeah, is it's gonna, almost like you're um, you're you're going directly up onto the next question I was going to have for you, which was basically, I personally am trying to push the progressive limits of you know what we were brought out through in like the early 2000s, which is that extreme co- corporate culture of you know the suit and tie thing like we've talked about before which i think we still have yet to hear about that story um, (laughs) that you were talking about um but speaking of uh, the work from home and remote benefits if you will um i know another wells fargo employee that essentially they said hey we need you to come back to the office for two or three days um of the week and, and be that hybrid model and then he showed up at the office he keyed in sat down in a cubicle and like it was just him. Um, there's other departments and things there, but he's not related to them. He doesn't talk mm-hmm. with them. He's literally just doing his remote work in a cubicle in Charlotte. <laughs> is that is that kind of the, the situation you're talking about? That's quite literally what I'm experiencing. Um, so the first Whoa. day, uh, you know, you're right. I still have to go back and tell my first day of work story at UBS where I showed up without a suit. But I can tell you this first day story. I walk in. First off, I show up to the wrong building. Not because I got the building wrong, but because I was told the wrong building. And that was a whole nuanced thing of like, I didn't want to tell my manager like, hey, you told me the wrong building. Like, you know, whatever. When they were like, you know, when they were reaching on the first day or two, or like, hey, how are you getting settled in and stuff? Like, how was how smoothly did things go? Like, you know, I didn't want to say, well, everything was great, except for the fact <laughs> that I showed up to the wrong building. Um, but I did want to let them know just like, hey, like that happened. Not upset. Just that's why it took me a while to get to where I was supposed to be. If you're wondering why I wasn't online at the time, we had agreed to be. And then, so that happens. But then I get to the floor I'm supposed to be on. And did you hear that cough? Was that seamless? Oh, look at that. That was a pro move. I I hit mute on my microphone right before I coughed. And now I'm gassing myself up about it. So I've lost track of my story. But so I I was given a phone number of one of, I'm not going to be working with her directly, but she's under the the large banner of our team of the one person who's in our office. And so she like walks me upstairs. Like once I get my access key card, uh, because you have to like scan in to get to the elevators, go up to the 21st floor. Ooh, so fancy. Uh, And then... We walk into just this completely windowless hallway. Like the, and so we come out of the elevators, go in these hallways, and then we scan in to get to through another door, which if the, the building is a big rectangle. So the, the floor is a big rectangle, elevators in the middle, and there are three or four doors where you can, you scan a key card to enter, and they're all like, blocked off so it's not like this open floor space at all like it's a very secure floor and so we scan in and the environment of the office is outside the edge of the floor you know where you have the windows and the view of the city are all of these offices which you know whatever the higher ups sit in and no matter you know whatever department that they're in and then there's this open cubicle space where like the the wall is like hip height when you're standing up. It's not like the traditional cubicle where it's above your head and you can't see anything. And 
in the offices, there were three people in the, like, there's probably like six or seven offices that I can see, like, of the ones that are like, have a door, a view of the city, all that. There was like six people in, or there's six or seven offices, three of them have people in them. One guy was nice. He came and said hi to me and then hasn't, we haven't said anything since. And then there are the two other people just like, when they walk out of their office, their heads down. And when they go into their office, like their heads down and like, they're just in and out, oh, wow. not trying to interact. Um, and then all of those cubicle spaces that I referenced, no one is sitting in it. It was just me. So my first day, you. I show up to that environment that I described. And I kid you not, like, obviously there are some people in offices within eyesight, but I'm like alone more or less on this floor. Cause they all have their doors closed. And I was just like, I was like, this is miserable. What have I gotten myself into? This is, this is going to be terrible. And while it's still not great, the second day I went into the office, there's a guy who's not related to my department or team whatsoever, but he came and sat in the de- desk next to me. And I've seen him every day since, but it's still like, you know, we say hi, we chat for a little bit and then it's like, you know, we put in our headphones and do our work. Um, because I'm on calls with my team and he, his job is more, uh, like just very much put your head down get your job done, like hit your quota for the day and then you're done. <clears throat> so yeah, that environment that you described is very much, very much. So what I'm seeing and experiencing and I have no problem going to the office like three days a week. Like the hybrid role was, I thought was perfect, but going into the office, it's not even so much of a thing of like, cause it's not a solution for me if they say, oh, well, if there's no one in the office, just stay from home. Well, it's like, well, I didn't want a remote job in the first place. I wanted to have a team in person that I interact with regularly just because that's what I prefer. And so that has been definitely the most difficult part. Well, because obviously, like, you're a big social guy and you want to be around people and work on a team physically and, like, and be present with them. And there's, like, this... this like let's build good culture and that sort of thing that obviously remote work has like a ton of challenges with. Um, some people find a good way to do it, but yeah, like a lot of advocates within the corporate world say, Hey, let's go ahead and keep everyone, you know, in a, uh, in a real building and, and all this. So it's, it's just crazy to think that there's a company saying, okay, let's, let's do this. You know, let's try to have our little, and then it's, there's no team. <laughs> like um, does your team even work? Are there anyone close at all close like like would maybe show up into that office so there are only two people who work and so this is where it gets into like the corporate hierarchy and structure and how how much of a sliver of job responsibility we have and how divided everything is there are only two people in that building that are even remotely related to me but I won't interact with them. Like they're on, like I work in the money movement product and within the money movement product, there's so many different slivers of like responsibility. Like there's a team responsible for ACHs, a team responsible for journals, a team responsible for wires, which those are all different distribution methods. And then there's my team, which is responsible for, it's like, it's so jargony. I barely understand what it means, but it's like additional transactions and general items. Like that's the sliver of the product that we're working on. 
And then, of course, there's a bunch of different roles within that. There's the associate product manager, the product manager, the lead, the the tester, the the developer, and all that stuff. And so there's two people in my office, and they're a part of the broad money movement product. But I'm not going to interact with them at all, except for like, you know, those big quarterly meetings where they get every single person together just to talk about the vision of the team, and then you go about your separate ways and work. So that has been, that is what was eye-opening because that was a question I didn't know I needed to answer or ask because they said they said things like, yeah, you have team members in Charlotte. And I was like, perfect. I hear team members in Charlotte. And I was like, people who yeah. I'm going to be working with. But what I've quickly learned is team members, they meant the very broad sense of like, they're in our department. I was like, well... That's not team members. They're not sitting next to me and our job functions don't overlap whatsoever. Yeah. And so that's been frustrating. Wow. Um, well, it's definitely something for all of us to think about, and especially just people looking to, to move careers. There's just things about it that you won't know off the get-go. Um, I think about my own like movement into teaching um, three years ago. There's just so many things there that I would have never like thought about. Um, so in the last like maybe 10 minutes of the episode, let's go ahead and look at the transition in terms of, um, you know, now you're, um, now you're working again. And so like, as a soon to be father in May, I'm, um, I'm excited to understand like what it looks like and, and how you've also been having grace on yourself in terms of entering that career, um, new career, um, after being, you weren't really, I guess you were jobless, um, but it was kind of by your, by your own professional plan, dog of. walker, professional podcaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and also, yeah, like entering that new career while also being a father to, um, to Lily. Talk to me about like, what, what does that look like in the past two weeks? Oh, the, probably the most common phrase I've been repeating is all is vanity. <laughs> like Caitlin's like, you need to go read Ecclesiastes because you are feeling it right now. And I was like, yes, I am. Like all is vanity. We're just chasing after the wind. What is life? Um, because so everything that I described from the role to summarize it, it, it's very lonely. It's lonely to go in the office to see all of these people. Like, you know, I commute by riding the light rail or the trolley, whatever they call it. And I walk past all these people like on the sidewalk and then I get in the building and all these people are, I suppose, technically my coworkers because they all work for Wells, don't know any of them. And, you know, you see people sitting at tables, like talking to each other, chatting with each other. And you're just like, okay, cool. I'm just walking past all of you guys because I know none of you go sit in my desk by myself, you know, walk out for lunch, go back to my desk and then walk out again when the day's over. So that's been incredibly lonely. But then what's amplified it is being at home. Like, obviously, it's difficult. Obviously, there are things that I don't enjoy about it. Like, you know, when Lily's crying incessantly for a long period of time or whenever there's tension between Caitlin and I because of anything that's going on in our relationship or what's going on with Lily. But it's clear that I add value and it's clear that I know what my responsibilities are and I know where I can step in and add value. Versus now, like I go, I'm, I'm sitting in an office for eight hours a day where I have no clue how I'm supposed to add value. It's just like, hey, your job just started. We know there's going to be a long run of time. You know, go figure out 
what you're supposed to do. Um, and it's not like, obviously there's structure. I have like a, a manager and I have the, the person who did the role before me is my product is like one step senior to me. So she's been teaching me, you know, how to do my job, which has been helpful. But in the beginning, those first two to three days in the office, I was like, dude, what is life? Like, what am I doing right now? Like I could be at home, like bouncing Lily to sleep or cleaning up things so that Caitlin can tend to Lily. But instead I'm just sitting here in an office and I have no direction going forward because I'm just waiting for all of these programs to get access on my computer. So I feel like I'm adding no value and just wasting my time. So that was tough the first few days for sure. And then like the last, um, so you said you've been there eight days. What about the, like the latter half of last week? Was it any better than that? Or was it just more of the same or did you just find a way to cope with it? Uh, I think it's a combination of all of those. So I, what's been helpful is that I've been able to sit in on the meetings now. So that's been a huge benefit. Um, just like I mentioned before, just be able to sit in, start to immerse myself in what's going on with the team. Even though I don't really understand what's going on, like eventually I'll be able to look back and be like, oh, that's what you guys meant. Okay. Um, that's been helpful. Uh, the last, like the last two days, like Thursday and Friday, I was working from home and having those uh, Skype calls with my senior to just learn how to do my job, like even one small aspect of it was incredibly helpful. And then I talked with uh, my friend and our elder from our church. He works at Wells. He was one of the big advocates for me to work for Wells. And so he had seen Caitlin on Sunday um, and she was like communicating to him, like just telling him like how difficult my first week had been. And so he reached out to me and we talked and he just did the, you know, the, the sage wisdom of, you know, it's only for a season like this, or I think the direct, um, the direct way he said it like this too shall pass or this too will pass. Um, so that has been an important mind shift to when I felt like lonely and like I don't add any value and all I see is an uphill climb to try and do it. Um, understanding that it, it will pass and that with hard work, I can find a way to, fit into the team and be proactive to be engaged. And also I don't think he meant it this way, but it also helped from my perspective. Like I'm too much of an optimist. Anytime I take a job, I'm like, this is going to be my job for the rest of my life. And so when I sat in there the first week and was like, ugh, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to want to do this long-term. Like I'm going to have to go through the job search again. Are you kidding me? Which obviously was an overreaction. Who knows how I'm going to feel three months from now. I might love the job. Yeah. But it definitely was like a kind of a a crushing reality check of like this job could also just be for a season. Like I could just be at this job for six months to a year to get the to get it on my resume that I was an associate product manager so that I can then go to either a different department in Wells that is located in Charlotte or a different company that's located in Charlotte or even a completely different industry. Um than being in finance and being a product manager there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing all that. I think, um, I think there's more people out there that need to hear that type of story than is, you know, considered. I I think about all the people that I know trying to get out of jobs that would 
they would say they would love to go and do that type of job that's higher paying. Um, and, and we could we could think of those types of names in our mind of all these people. But when they get to it the first week or two, and maybe it'll continue, maybe not. They don't really know. But it's just a slog. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, all is vanity. Work is work. Um, you know, read Ecclesiastes like you're saying. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Uh, it's it's very it's a good reminder to remember that um, just like us in the house that we're living in, we're looking to remodel the bathroom and we're looking to you know like what's next in five years. I think as um, our father-in-law says, he always says it's just a house, you know, like it's just a job. That sort of idea. We want to work hard at what we have and and um, you know provide, but the the big things in our lives that really matter are obviously our salvation, uh, our families, and um, in a way like our community. And so really, really that's encouraging for me, even just thinking about my own like place in my job search, um, thinking to what you were just talking about. Like I do enjoy my job. Um, it doesn't pay well, but like I do enjoy it. Um, at least the aspects that I choose to work hard at the other stuff that's just bureaucratic. Yeah. Like I, I kind of <laughs> I forget, but, um, the stuff that matters obviously matters. So that's, that's really good that you're sharing that. Um, yeah, I it definitely that, helps to give the the perspective that you summarize there, and also just to go through, you know, what in that first week when everything was feeling low and not enjoyable, you know, the first thing I did, I think you asked earlier, like, how have you been giving yourself grace? I, like, I wasn't the first week. I was like, why didn't I ask better interview questions? You know, why did I choose to leave my job so that I was more inclined to take a job? Why did I, um, like, you know, it was second guessing everything, overthinking, um, and just not wanting to, to break through the inertia to get momentum going into this job. I just was feeling sorry for myself and was like, why did I do this? Should I keep job searching? Should I jump to something else? But yeah, the understanding of work is valuable. We were created to work, but to not hang our hope and hang all of my, um, you know, my potential happiness in this specific role, not only because, you know, it's just a job, like it's not going to ultimately fulfill me, but also from the perspective of that, who knows how long I'll be doing this. Like I could be doing this for just a couple months or a couple of years or even if I do it for the rest of my career, then like there's still a lot other aspects of my life and a lot of other opportunities to find joy and to find meaning, even if I don't find a joyful, like where I can grow as a person professionally, spiritually, personally, relationally, all that jazz. Yeah. The, the saying is true that, you know, like work is a very small piece of our, of our lives. And, um, some of the most content people I know are making less than $15 an hour. Like, and that's, that's just what's insane to me. Like these people are happy and they're productive and, um, they're making like significantly less than us. And so it's, it's cool. Um, well, any last thoughts that we're running down on the timer for zoom? <laughs> yes. I will let you know that around the 3105 timestamp, I took a drink of water and swallowed and saw a spike on the audio. So you might want to deal with that. But if not, then we'll just leave it in there. You know, it's a learning process. I'm super excited to get back and edit this together because it's, um, I don't know, I, th- I think it's going to be crispy. And I think, honestly, 
this episode might have been one of the best ones we've had just from the speaking points you share those are at least they're most impactful to me like that was that was pretty good yeah i definitely felt a little rambly but i suppose the purpose of this was almost like a a therapeutic walkthrough of what happened in that miserable first couple days and soon there will be a episode where I get to pick your brain about things that you're walking through and going through, especially my goodness, when the season comes, when, um, when Miriam comes, I'm going to, from the perspective of like having had Lily and, you know, being finally out of that season of survival, I'll just be like, so Caleb, how's the last week been? (laughs) It's so funny. And we're definitely going to hit back on this, this topic here with your job, like maybe next month or something, or in a couple of weeks, because that would be, that'd be good just to check in and see how get uh, the giving of grace continues to like, I don't know, help you explore more opportunities with your job. Um, and anyway. to hope that I'm less dead inside at that point. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining this uh, first episode of season two. Uh, hopefully you found it to be relatively constructive and uh, no, constructed well. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and revealing both yeah all of it and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode peace